The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by, watching Jesus on the cross. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who was hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Today, we find ourselves at the end. It's the end of our liturgical year, and we find ourselves at the end of the story. In many ways, today should be a celebration. We are celebrating that Christ is King. We are wearing our white, festive robes. And yet the story we hear is one that leaves me cold. It's a story that viscerally throws me into Palm Sunday and Good Friday. I feel it in my body those liturgies and that week, the death of Christ that we walk through. It feels almost ironic 
that we celebrate Christ the King as he hangs on the cross. Feels like the matching of this lectionary and this day is participating in the mockery we hear from soldiers and onlookers. It is startling in that gospel book to read this gospel because it's the end of the book. It's the end of the story. When we encounter it on Palm Sunday and Good Friday, I know that Easter is to come. There are pages left to turn. But the next page is blank, leaving us in an odd place, knowing intellectually that we will enter a new liturgical year next Sunday, that we will start to hear the foretelling of the one who is to come. But this leaves us somewhere in between. As I've talked about in the last couple of weeks, we are looking towards the end times. Is the apocalyptic nature of this point in our cycle, before we enter Advent, we are looking at the end. Not just the end of Christ's life, but the end of the world that is, as we wait for the world that is to come. It tends to be a bit fearful. It tends to leave us in the unknown. It feels a bit like the end of the world. And the gospel does little to give us rays of hope for what is next. I've been sitting with this gospel this week in the midst of some travels. I had the great joy of getting to go see my sister, who's in the national tour of Come From Away. And so I've been sitting with this gospel in the midst of that story. Come From Away is a musical about 9-11. And the story of the 7,000 or so passengers who were airborne at the time of the attacks and whose flights had to be diverted out of U.S. airspace. And so 7,000 people landed in Gander, Newfoundland, having no idea what was happening or what would come. The music in the show has one particular song where it talks about being at the end of the world. In some ways, quite literally, I think Gander probably feels like the end of the world. I don't think that there's much there. It's water and sky. But metaphorically, that time, that moment, felt a bit like the end of the world. For me and for my generation, it was my first true experience of war, of tragedy. I was in ninth grade, of having no idea what would come next. Every generation has their story. 
has their tragedy, has their massive world event that has shaped who they are and how they view the world. And I know for me, this is mine. This musical does an incredibly difficult job of pulling us back to that emotional place. And to stand with this cast at the end of the world in their fear, in their unknowing. It's based entirely on true people. A mother whose son is a firefighter in New York and cannot find him or get a hold of him. Pilots who knew those who had been lost in the attacks. People from all over the world. Orthodox Jews and a Muslim man treated with scrutiny and fear and isolation. The end of the world. But what is the heart of this musical is not just the tragedy, not just that feeling of the end of the world, but what comes next. What do you do the day after the world ends? They actually call it the September 12th musical. And what comes next is a lot of humanity and compassion of people caring for one another, of people being one another's family, of donating unimaginable amounts of food and toiletries and clothing, of housing and caring for strangers, of breaking through barriers of language and circumstance. There is a gorgeous moment in the middle of this musical where Muslim characters, Jewish characters, and Christian characters come together in a church to pray and lift their voices in a communal song. What comes after the world is our most human of responses, of caring and love and generosity. I am in awe of this cast, not just because my sister's in it, and of course I am incredibly proud of her, but of all of them as they inhabit these people's stories, these people's experiences with such grace and depth and honor, and that each and every day they walk through that emotional journey again and again and again. I know I feel gutted walking through the crucifixion of Christ today. That emotionally it drains me to be in the midst of that story. But to know that God is speaking to us through it. And to think of these actors who walk through that emotional gutting and that resurgence and that hope every single night. We do not have the benefit of an empty tomb or 
women running to share news with the disciple or angels appearing or a mistaken gardener. We don't get any of those parts of the story today. We don't get any of that hope. But still, within this crucifixion that is so public, that is so demeaning and dehumanizing, that taunts Christ, that pushes him to use his God-given divinity to save himself, we see him lean into something very different. I'm captivated by this exchange at the end of Jesus and the two criminals. One of them, in a bit self-serving manner, saying, save me, right? Save yourself, save me, let's all get out of this mess. But the other, with grace and wisdom and self-awareness, while being crucified, is able to name that his sins have been sins, that his judgment is just. And he does not beg to be saved or scapegoated, but he says to Jesus, perhaps one of my favorite lines in scripture, remember me when you come into your kingdom, that we want to be known that we want our stories and our memories and our lives to continue on. And the gift that Christ gives him is not a gift of being able to take him off that cross, to spare his life, but to give him assurance of life with God in paradise. It is in his humanity and in his suffering that we are still given hope. As much as I cling to my need for the resurrected Christ to be my hope, even in this moment, even in this suffering, even at the end of the world, there is hope to be found. It cannot erase or undo what has happened. It does not turn back the clock. It does not magically fix it all, but it shows us how we move forward, how we take the next step with the world as it is, in the midst of suffering and heartbreak. That is what makes Christ the King. The deep humanity and love and the example of how we continue on in a broken world and never lose hope that the kingdom of God can be created. Truly, you will be with me in paradise. It does not undo what has done, but reminds us that the world has not ended and if the future awaits us.
Christ's glory is in his divinity, but in his humanity as well. A humanity that we share in. A humanity we take part in. And we're given today the hope and example of how we might share and spread that hope when it feels as though the world is ending. Amen.